Popculture Pastor. Okay, Cody. I don't. Um, I feel like right off the bat, we got to talk about that this was a season or a series finale. Because Apple TV has never called it that. They've called it a season finale. But clearly they're just wishful thinking, right? Because this was the end of this show. Um, Everything about this was a series finale. Unless they're calling it a season finale and spinning off into Frasier from Cheers. Right. So the only possible way this continues is as a spinoff without Ted. And it becomes like AFC Richmond. Yeah. So Jason Sudeikis said several things this past week, which, by the way, is I like there being a few days between the release and us recording this watch along. I like there be some time in between there. I know that's not that doesn't make a lot of sense in this YouTube slash dog eat dog podcast world where you got to be the first one to react to everything. And, you know, have the right thumbnails and blah, blah, blah. I, we just want to have a good conversation about it. And our the, our quality speaks for itself. I just want to become Led Tasso. <laughs> Someone's got to coach his team. <laughs> That's all I want. That was that just whetted my appetite last week. That yeah. little brief glimpse of Led. And I wanted more Led Tasso in my life. But sadly, there was not enough room in this a series finale episode for that, which is what it is. I'm going to move forward from here. Understanding this episode is a series finale. Well, the way it ended. Yeah. And so we got to get something on the table right away. Name any series finale that you thought was great. The original scrubs, the original scrubs. So, so, but they continued after that. Right, it was on a different network. It was so it moved to ABC and it was originally pitched like Frasier from Cheers, but they was. but they called it Scrubs still. But then they scrapped that idea and they brought Zach Braff in for like six episodes out of the season, but like it still did change a little bit. But they tried to keep it Scrubs, even though Scrubs really ended, yeah, at season eight, and then season nine was supposed to be. Scrubs 2.0 or something, and it didn't work out. That's really confusing, but I'll take your word for it. Yes, in which um, Bill Lawrence, uh, co-executive producer of this show, Ted Lasso, executive producer of Scrubs. Yeah. Um, the reason I ask that is because there's not a lot, if there are many or any. Uh, there's some people out there say there's no series finale that is good. MASH! MASH is usually <laughs> the one that gets mentioned. But since most people listening to this weren't alive when MASH was on. Cheers! Uh, I don't know, bro. I watched the Cheers. I did not watch the Cheers I mean, it was okay. Most series finales are okay. There's something they have to do, though, that doesn't play real well. No. And then I think this episode of Ted Lasso falls victim to that occasionally mm. where it's got to wrap up so much that some of it's not like, look, I've, there's been a lot of people that have complained about this season of Ted Lasso. Um, and mostly the complaints run along the lines of this, this show used to be funny and now they've just put all this drama in it. Well, I kind of like the drama and it was still funny. I laughed a lot, but I love the deeper stuff that they're putting in here. Dramedy is what I call it. Yeah. And so this episode does get to some deep stuff, but it takes a little bit. It does. Um, yeah, there's not many shows that have a great series finale. Now, some have a great final scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for most of this episode, I was falling in lines of this being a great series finale until the final scenes and then that's where it lost me okay so like yeah for me about the first half hour of this show it's very cotton candy because there's some funny stuff there's some stuff that's clearly set up for what's going to take place at at the later on in the episode that they have to set up first all the stuff with jamie and roy yeah. Like they had to set up that Jamie, because we don't really get a lot of indication that Jamie still has feelings for Keely. Keely. 
Um, I mean, we knew, but I presumed because there's just all these kind of awkward side conversations, yeah. and then he's the only one that actually apologizes well to Keely. But they needed the direct setup, which you know, so they have to have the reason for Keely and Jamie to be talking. They're going to Brazil uh, for some, you know, media thing. And then Roy sees it, invites Jamie out for a drink, hijinks ensue. Yes. So we'll get to that. Anyways, that's what I mean is there had to be so much setup for this closure we're going to get, which is interesting because as we're going to find out with those three in particular, there is no closure. They're about the only characters in the show where you don't get any sort of real closure about what's going on unless you're sitting there examining that final scene which we'll get to let's just start at the beginning there's a show (laughs) (laughs) no 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 not the very very beginning although a rewatch of ted lasso is in store yes the whole series i'm going to rewatch this because i love the show that much but no i mean this episode let's start at the beginning of this episode um it starts off with a ted becca tease it did the Ted Becca, the the uh, what are the the shippers, the people that want that that's what the young people say, Cody, to say that the ones that wanted Ted and Rebecca to end up together. Um, and boy, did they tease them! Well, they teased it this whole season. There was a lot of tension, but this was a direct tease. Oh yeah, when he walks around the corner in clearly her kitchen wearing his T-shirt, and you're like. I mean, I was literally, what the? <laughs> like, what? What is happening? I'm like, it's finally happening. <laughs> Cody is a shipper. I am. Um, I wouldn't have minded them ending together, but we soon find out that this is a setup. That they were just teasing you because, um, you know, he's they're all coy. And he says, "You are you ready to talk about it? And she's like, no. And she's making these weird little looks that make you, again, making you think that something happened between them. But no, because then Beard comes around the corner wearing a thong. And I did not need to see Beard in a thong. That, that didn't need to happen. It's a callback to Scrubs oh. with Todd. <laughs> okay. Again, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I did not watch Scrubs. Scrubs, it may need a rewatch. <laughs> um, anyways, we get the idea that it was just a um, a crazy night for them, and Rebecca allowed them to be boarders basically for the night. Well, there was a toxic gas leak. Wasn't <laughs> safe. Yeah, <laughs> which did <laughs> Ted mistook that uh, it was for Beard's epic toots, <laughs> which. I'm here for all the toot jokes. Yeah. So. There was a lot of like light and airy, funny stuff in the first half hour of this. There which, needed to be. Which, yeah, maybe they were doing that specifically to offset some things. Because then we go to the locker room where they're holding court. They are. Uh, McAdoo, Isaac, in what is a hilarious judge get up. Um, they're fining people for these various things. Um, I just love them showing the team like i feel like the purpose of this scene was look how much fun they're having together um and you also still get the realization that jamie's a different cat yeah he puts the extra money in the box for the party does and so now we can have a live karaoke band (laughs) it was it was very yeah i love that they didn't hit you over the head with it you had to be paying attention Mm -hmm. Uh, and you see jamie's there wait a minute and he puts more money in Nate's box. Nate has a reaction to that, which I think is awesome. All the scenes, uh, all the scenes with Nate back at his home in Richmond, I thought he was perfect. What's the what's the actor's name? Do you remember? Do you follow him? It's, uh, Nate the Great. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the guy that plays him, I can't remember his name, but he was amazing in this episode. He did some great acting with just his facial expressions. His He teared up at times, uh, but we'll get to that as well. Um, so, yeah, the team, it's kind of a, it's not, there's not a whole lot of point to it other than the show. Again, Jamie's a different person. His name's Nick. Nick, uh, yeah, Muhammad, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, I follow him on Twitter. So I do. Said that. It, as well, but alas, he only pops up once a blue moon. 
Yeah. So this is how I'm going to go through this episode. I'm going to kind of just go through it in somewhat of an order that we see it. Because again, I felt like the first 30 minutes are kind of light and airy and don't have a lot of meaning, deeper meaning to the episode. We go to Ted and Beard who have a, a conversation in their office. Uh, we find out Beard is a Catholic. Maybe. <laughs> um, we could put, he's either pretending to be a Catholic or he is a Catholic. If you can get citizenship to the Vatican, you do it. <laughs> Vatican's a country, baby. Um, tell Pope Francis I'm willing to become a member. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to say it. Beard, one of us, one of us. Yes. Followers of Jesus. Just a little shout out. I knew it. I didn't know it. No. Beard is... No, we're not going to go there. But we would have some pastoral questions for, for our friend Willis. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> they almost they almost have a return of the Diamond Dogs, although it's a false start because uh, Roy ain't having it. No. In fact, that's what he says. No. 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 He's my hero. We find out Trent's book is almost finished. Um, it's adorable how much he wants Ted to like it. This, yeah. That scene where he's like, Ted like has the smallest little chuckle. And he's like out of his chair and into the office. So you do laugh on page 43. And that was all great. I loved that. Yeah. I love that. I love that Trent's an accomplished writer. Like he we're led to believe he was a big deal. And yet it was super important to him that Ted like what he had written about him. Mm. Trent gets the importance of what's going on there. And also that Ted is the mortar, at least to this family. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that because there's 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 specific talking points. This is what's weird about this episode is there's not really much to talk about in these first few scenes, but they're important that we hit on them before we get to these deeper conversations. Um, next, uh, we find out some things. Uh, Rebecca is kind of going through these having these decisions presented to her. She finds out she can sell the club. She can sell 49% of the club, make a lot of money, retain control, or she can sell the whole club for a couple billy. Two bills. To which she does a spit take, which is perfect. That's a very good spit take. Um, so she's got these choices put in front of her. We also find out that seed heaters are dangerous. So many melded bottom cracks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> including almost Higgins, apparently. Oh, uh, Leslie. Some of the more uh, comedic moments in the first half hour. Uh, then we get to the, the first scene with some meaning to it, I felt like. We get to the practice, the last practice. Yes. And uh, this is played beautifully with, you know, uh, Ted and Beard, who are kind of like, yeah, we, we just want to keep this low key. Nothing, nothing important. And Roy... Kind of, yeah, whatever, guys. And then they're all like, what do you mean? What's going on here? And then the music starts, and the team sings So Long, Farewell. And it's amazing. <laughs> um, So early on, I was trying to figure out if, like, Ted had told everyone, if he had just to only told Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And then this musical number starts, and I'm like, yeah. Well, it carries the context well, doesn't it? It does. It gives you the exposition you need. You know the team knows, so he's told everybody. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, they would, because we don't see that on camera. We don't. And, We've been um, too many tears. Yeah, yeah. And it's just good. It's just good, fun. I was, a, I, I was a little afraid when it first started, like, oh, no, they're not doing a musical, are they? They're not going to make this a musical episode and the series finale, right? Yes. No. The musical episode of <laughs> Ted Lasso. I don't know why every show that sticks around long enough now thinks they need to do a musical episode. Scrubs did. Doesn't work most of the time. I can't speak for Scrubs. I, again, it I was kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, The Flash did one. That sounds like trash. No, it was hot trash. Hot trash. Um, We go back to Keeleh. 
Jamie and Roy, the triangle of sorts, you know, because Jamie and Roy, they meet. Roy goes through this whole thing where it's clear the only reason he's done it is to tell Jamie to back off, who then says, mm, no, <laughs> which is played beautifully. They have a fist fight off camera, show up at Kila, Kila's house um, to basically say you get to choose which one of us you end up with. These two dudes have grown, but oh my gosh, are they still dumb? Um, it reminds me of like anyone that was one of the disciples in the Bible, <laughs> um, right? Like you have these profound moments, especially with Peter. And then like the next moment he's doing something ridiculous and you're like, <laughs> what the heck, man? It's so funny because they both have, they both have come a long ways. Jamie a little more so yeah. uh, from where he started. Uh, but oh my goodness. The whole time, when they say that, it's just so cringy, too. It's like, you get to pick which one of us you end up with. And she has the perfect reaction to that, which is to kick him out of, their, out of her house. And they have the perfect reaction to that as they turn to each other and say, we're idiots. <laughs> yes! Idiots! You're not wrong. And by the way, that's the end of their story. Were you prepared for that? Yes. You were. You yes. thought they would leave it up in the air. Mm -hmm. We have no idea who... Who they're going to live happily ever after with. Who says you get to live happily ever after? Well, you know, nobody. Exactly. You know, tomorrow, uh, you're not promised tomorrow. I'm really rooting for Roy to to end up with the teacher that he has missed the flirtation with twice. That's strange. It is. They have no connection. They don't seem right for each other at all. And other that's the, why they'll other work. Than the, other than the teacher just clearly is super flirty with them. Yes. Um, which, you know, I don't know. They make her seem kind of desperate. I don't know. That seems like a bag on teachers, especially single ones. Well, if you <laughs> had the opportunity to land a former football great. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, there's a hilarious yet pointless scene with Rebecca and her mom, who's apparently into skateboarding now. Th this scene, like, there was really no point to the scene except for um, it was hilarious, first of all. The mom was super funny in this scene. The mom with May, where they cackle at her joke and be like, Yes, but how you all are feeling so terrible about how easy you've had it. <laughs> and they just start cackling. Uh, that was amazing and hilarious. Yeah. Um, but the scene really serves no real purpose other than, I think, to show the affection that the fans now have for Rebecca. Yes. You get the 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 fans are now invested not only in the team as a brand, but the individuals behind the team, including yeah. the owner. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit of where Rebecca's at and her thinking of what she's going to choose to do. I think you're supposed to see she's really kind of battling with that. Um, then we go to the first real deep scene, real deep, um, is Ted is sitting in the stadium. And did you notice the camera work for this as Rebecca comes and she says, I'm ready to talk about it now. And the camera, she sits down next to Ted and the camera is like slowly panning in, right? Mm -hmm. slowly zooming in on him. Um, and she starts off by saying, I'm selling the team. If you go, I go, which is totally a dodge because that's not really what she's thinking. Um, I know what she was doing. Yeah. <laughs> she's being Kenny Rogers, the gambler. <laughs> yeah. Trying her, to call his bluff. Her real intent emerges right after she says that because she's, but what's happening is she's giving one last gasp try at getting Ted to stay. And this is the first scene, like I said, that I feel is real deep and real powerful because she gets to that one point where your real feelings come out. If you've ever been in this situation where you wanted someone to stay and then you have nothing left but to just get to it and ask the question. And that's what she ends with. She says, will you please stay? She, she wants badly for this to not end. <laughs> like all of us, right? Like, no, yes, please stay, Ted. I want it for a season. Um, Ted barely speaks in this whole scene, and that's sort of powerful. Mm. Uh, and and he 
because Rebecca, as Rebecca guesses, you already know your answer. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and that's when he when he says so. He's like, yeah. But that scene was really powerful. What What'd you think? Um, I liked the scene. It also kept the the potential of Ted and Rebecca going. There was some weird energy there. Uh, uh, yeah. There's been weird energy this whole season. So that's why that opening scene really landed mm-hmm. of it's happening. And then, oh, it's not happening. Yeah. Like for a half a second, I'm like, is she having a weird dream? What? She's clearly at least at the very least, she loves him as a close friend. Yes. And those feelings are never really vocalized. Mm-hmm. Even the last scene in the airport, which we'll get to, there's not much actually said. It's all in the eyes. Mm. Um, but this was a great scene, regardless. Then we get maybe the scene that I, I think I've been waiting for for a long time with Ted and Nate um, in the locker room. Ted kind of surprises Nate because Nate is just staring at the wall where the believe sign used to be. And... Uh, Ted starts talking to him and Nate starts tearing up almost immediately, which again, he was fabulous in this episode. Give Nick an Emmy, an Oscar, a Grammy and a Tony. Yeah. He starts to apologize and and Ted does his Ted thing. He's like, Hey, you don't have to say it. You don't, don't, you don't need to. And, and, and Nate to his credit says, no, let me say it. And then he totally breaks down and he says, I'm so sorry. And he embraces Ted. He starts crying. And I thought it was interesting that he did not do that with his dad. So if you go all the way back to last season where he says the things he probably wanted to say to his dad, to Ted Mm -hmm. here, he's like, I don't know. I don't know the, I don't know the importance of it. I just know it seemed interesting to me. It was deep. And he's realized just how good it was at Richmond with Ted there and how much he loved Ted. And I I cried like a baby. I did not, but (laughs) I knew that. um, Like if you have a mentor and you feel like you've not only let them down, but Mm. that you have done harm to them and being able to come back um and be accepted with open arms uh oh yeah the the feelings are going to be like that of uh the father uh welcoming back the son in the prodigal story uh parable that we have in the bible and so it 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 works and it's very realistic so yeah yeah, it was good. It was effective scene. Um, pretty much everything that happens from this moment on is in the environment of the game, right? The big game. If uh, if Richmond wins and Man City loses or ties, then uh, Richmond wins the Premier League. And so everything from here on out, we're going to talk about kind of it happens in this moment. We see, is it Dr. Jake? Is that his name? What's his name? Jake. I- I have labeled him the unethical therapist and I shun him. You know, we've seen him be nothing but like pretty kind and nice. And yet every he's yes. The therapist, everybody loves to hate. Yes. And um, it appears that Michelle really likes him because he's still around. Uh, but we see Michelle and Ted's son watching the game. And uh, Dr. Jake is the worst kind of person to watch a soccer match with. He's the guy making jokes about how they don't score a lot of points. Nothing ever happens. And he just doesn't get it. And those are the worst people. If you like soccer, if you like watching that, he's the worst kind of person to watch it with. He's a jabroni. (laughs) They make sure you know it. (laughs) Although, again, it was nice comic relief. Every time they switch back to them and he's like in the background playing on his phone. (laughs) Hey, at least something happened. (laughs) Get out. <laughs> I was surprised they didn't say that to him, but uh, yeah. So we see, we switch back to them a lot. Um, the Diamond Dogs are back in the pregame. 
Ruff, ruff. In the locker room, Roy asks to be a diamond dog, which they all have a hilarious reaction to looking for hidden cameras because they think they're being pranked. Yes. Um, and then we get this probably the second big deep moment, maybe one of the, the themes of the entire show and this episode for sure for these for this person who says it is Roy because he still goes he goes through the speech where he's like, I'm still me. I'm still the same old me. And he's got a question. Can people change? Mm. And then the the responses to this and the order they go on are, are really interesting because Trent speaks up first and he says, I don't think we change per se as much as we learn to accept who we've always been, which is interesting because as we know, Trent is gay. And so from his perspective, that would be something I expect him to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I discovered who I was later, right? Then Nate says, no, I think people can change. We can, sometimes for the worse and sometimes for the better, which is from his perspective, because he's just been through both of those. He changed for the worse, and then he changed for the better. He came back from that. And then Beard speaks up and says something very profound. He says, change isn't about trying to be perfect. Perfection sucks. Perfect is boring. I mean, except for Shawshank, which ditto. Yes. Burn notice. (laughs) But he says this after they go through all these things that are perfect. He says, yes, perfection is all around us everywhere we look. The mighty Redwood. And I really loved that sentiment. This idea that um, perfection is all around us. And then he mentioned something literally from nature, creation. Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a beautiful sentiment from Beard. Of course, if Beard's Catholic, that's something I would expect him to say. Yeah. Um, And also, I mean, the Redwoods are are featured in Star Wars. And so... This is true. I appreciate that as well. They're amazing. They're amazing. Um, And then Higgins finally gets to it. He says, humans are never going to be perfect, Roy. The best we can do is ask for help and accepting it when you can. And if you keep on doing that, you'll always be moving toward better. And then they all seem to agree that that was the best answer. As Beard points to him, Trent points to him. Like that's been their series long. Yes, that. That's how they signal that. And it gets to what I think the point of all of this story in this episode especially is, is we're better together. We are better together. Yeah. What do you think about it? Do you think, do you agree that there's something they're trying to say here about the power of what happens when we're together rather than separated? I do think that. So underlying this is also a bit of accepting yourself and your flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, but that. It is through our connectivity uh, with other people that um, we make these strides uh, in our lives. And that life finds more meaning. And so um, I definitely think that that was a cool moment um, to, to get out there what has been playing out from at least... The beginning of this season and throughout the whole show, but beginning of this season um, and like, especially if you look back several episodes ago, Trent talks about like Ted's made all these little connections with people Mm -hmm. and that that has shaped and molded the culture of the team and that all these little connections have made it a more cohesive unit. Yeah. And we're going to we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit cuz I have thoughts about that as well. But they definitely want you to get the feeling like, "Hey, this connection they have is good." Um we see Rebecca and Rupert before the game. I love how genuine she is with him. Yeah. She makes a remark about, "Hey, like, hey, this is good for you though." And he's confused and she's like, "Whatever happens, a team you love is going to win." And she she gives him a real smile and a pat on the shoulder. And it, he smiles like as if like 
you know, when was the last time, you know, someone that he, you know, got genuine care from someone? Um, which this leads to Rupert's in a scandal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, I'm not sure what happened here because they treating this like he did something like illegal. Um, I didn't really follow that. I didn't take it as so much illegal, but like, um, definitely, uh, so kind of like the Boston Celtics coach at the beginning of the season. Uh, he had an affair with a team staff member. Did he really? I didn't know that. And the dude so, that used to coach again, um, uh, at a Butler, Butler? No, 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 not that guy. He, not the head coach. Well, it is. The, it was the. Is head he coach. not the head coach there? Anymore? No, he's oh. now the GM. <laughs> okay, that's yep. weird. Uh, or the president of basketball operations, but the the coach that started off the season before the season had this come out and he got suspended by the NBA for a year and Boston fired him and promoted an assistant really? coach. And so this I assumed was So is there like a code of conduct for the for the coaches then? I assume so and there should be for I think all personnel and staff of a team that like oh if you have want to have a relationship with a coworker, there's definitely ways to do that by the code of conduct, but being a married owner and having a position of power over your employee um, definitely leads to this seems very ewy. Do we think Nate talked about this or it came out organically or do we, are we, are we not supposed to care? Does it even matter? So I think Nate quitting kind of spurred sp spurred the investigative journalism. Yeah. Okay. That's In my guess. Interesting. Anyways, here's the part to, to not miss in this is the genuine care that Rebecca has for Rupert, which is a far cry from where we've seen her in the past. And, I'll, and this is the part as a pastor where I don't want you to miss this. Look at what happens when she gives away her anger of Rupert. It frees her up to genuinely care about him. We saw it a little bit in the last episode um, where she kind of, I think the scene where she sees him as a little boy at that mm. table allows her to give up that anger because she sees the broken little boy inside him. She gets to give away that anger and then she's able to approach him with a genuine care that a human being should have for another human being. She's no longer angry with him. And um, I like that when she frees, that frees her up to genuinely care about him and Bex and their daughter. Right. She showed care for their, you know, his relationship with them. If we go back three, four episodes ago, she, she warns him like, hey, quit messing around. Your, your wife deserves more and your daughter deserves more. Um, but I think there's an important lesson there that we can get to a place uh, where we don't critique for criticism's sake, but for because we genuinely want the best for people. And, and Bex is so sassy. Yeah. Bex is or sassy is sassy. Sassy, who I isn't her name Rebecca as well? Bex? No, no, Bex is her wife or his uh, Rupert's yeah. wife. Well, sassy, 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 sassy with him. And then she thinks she makes you think she's got some genuine care for Rupert. It's so I really want the best for you because you're the absolute worst. <laughs> she still gets the burn. <laughs> she burns him. Um, then we get to the game itself. Uh, there's a the beard shows a video. <laughs> In another little funny gag that really has no effect or bearing on the episode, Beard shows a video uh, like about with all their memories and they're all crying at, before the game. Which, um, that is the worst time to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it doesn't really affect them until, uh, you know, later on in the first half, they go down, they give up a couple quick goals. They're down two nothing at halftime. And, mm. and Zorro was not stopping all the shots. Yeah, things things are not going well for them. Ted doesn't really give like this astounding hype halftime uh you know speech. He does say he gives them the the general like we go out there and we do the best we can. 
we can be proud of where we went. But he says something. He says, we don't want to know the future. We want to be here right now, which I thought was a deep thing to say. Uh, live in the present. Which, Very mindful of him. Yeah, which I loved. And then we have the real uh, emotional crux for the halftime for the team is uh, what I will call the Rudy moment. So in the movie Rudy, have you ever seen the movie Rudy? A few too many times. Yeah. I love the movie Rudy. That sounded very snarky. Like you don't love the movie Rudy. It's okay. But there's a a big scene in that movie where um, the new coach at Notre Dame is not going to play love beloved walk on Rudy his senior year. The last chance he has of getting on the field uh, because he's a new coach and he didn't have that relationship with him. And then the entire team comes down and lays their jerseys on his desk saying, I want Rudy to take my spot. So it's very similar to this as they're all the teammates are all contributing something to this scene. And in the same way, uh, he asks the team if there's anything else anyone wants to say. And Sam starts it. And we find that he's saved a chunk of the belief sign on the back of his Nigerian World Cup photo. And he comes and lays it down. And then we, one by one, we start seeing that they've all saved a chunk of the belief sign. And this is the, the second time in the episode I get kind of choked up. I did not. No, I know you didn't. Um, <laughs> You're an unfeeling man. <laughs> I was raised by the Terminator. <laughs> um, but no, like, so the sign... I will save that for the end. Okay. Um, just because I think that there's a lot of deep things happening around the symbolism and imagery of the sign. But there was a, as they're doing this, I'm like, y'all need to be like placing it in order, like trying to puzzle it together. And then they're like, yeah, no. And then they start putting it together like a puzzle. And I'm like, you could have done this from the beginning. Well, right. But they're setting up a specific shot. Okay. They are. And whoever wrote this, this was genius. This was absolute genius because they're all huddling around. They're all looking at the pieces. Then they have this moment where like, all right, let's put it together. And they all duck their heads. And the only two heads standing above them all huddled down now are Ted and Nate. And they share this look. And as the team produces and repairs the symbolic tearing of Ted and Nate's friendship, this look they share is so good because Ted kind of nods at him. Nate begins to tear up again as the symbolism of what's happening Mm -hmm. as again, our connection with the people who care about us is what's repairing Nate in this moment. They're literally repairing the relationship that was torn. Yeah. And this is wonderful. I loved it. And yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. There was a little, you know, conceit to set that up. Like, why'd they wait? Why didn't they just start putting it together immediately? But it's because they wanted that shot and I was thankful for it. It's a wonderful shot. Teamwork makes the dream work. Um, when uh, the, the game is tied, Isaac has just tied it up and, you know, kicked the ball through the net. Which is, mm. it's an amazing scene, first of all. Uh, Which I had told my wife as we're watching this, I'm like, it's redemption time for Isaac. Because anytime he does these moments, like he boots it so hard and so far, like the corner kick, he literally broke the glass <laughs> in the press box. And so he begins protecting his wife when he realized Isaac was taking the penalty kick was hilarious. <laughs> and I'm like, it's happening. And then like, you see it and it's like, how did he miss that? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Um, and it was, it was a great scene. It makes no sense except for Ted Lasso. The team's always been about, it's not about what makes strategic football sense. I was really ready for Danny to take the shot. Yeah, I thought it should have been Danny too. That was perfect. Jamie, you know, nail it, muchacho. And then he's like, Capitan. I'm like, all right, I'm here for it. Don't but keep going down the road. But I had the doubt everyone else had. They're like, okay. <laughs> Beard saying, okay. <laughs> was hilarious. Uh, but it works out. And it allows for this moment in the game as they repair the net for Rupert to walk angrily out onto the pitch. And (laughs) the way Nate looks at him 
is like Nate's looking at the devil himself, right? Literally. Oh my goodness. Powerful. Again, give Nick Muhammad the Emmy right now. And the rest of the EGOT. Oh, he was amazing in this episode. Even the just the looks he's giving um, were, were just amazing. Rupert walks out, gets in a sh- shoves the coach down with the short shorts. Uh, shoves the coach that used to be the broadcaster. Yeah. Analyst. Uh, it, it, you know, a lot of it's there just for a funny gag. And I laughed because I'm immature. Yeah. Then they, you know, as he's walking out, they start calling, chanting wanker. Which is a you know a British bad word sort of yeah um, I feel okay saying it I feel like I haven't com- you know um, compromised myself too much I'm too young to say <laughs> um, but there's this moment where like Rupert like has this moment of realization before he goes into the tunnel and then that's really the last time we see Rupert where his hometown his first love. The football team at Richmond hates him. I wanted to start singing Candle in the Wind. And I think the real devil probably had that moment where his first love, the kingdom, pointed to him as the bad guy. Ewey, get out of here. Yeah. Anyways, I I love making the Rupert is the devil uh, combo. Uh, They tied up 2-2. And then it looks like, uh, what's the team's name? I always forget their team name. Is there a real team? AFC Richmond? No, no, no the other team um, that that Nate worked for. Oh, yeah, they are. Is that a real team, West Ham? Yeah. Okay. Uh, West Ham looks like they've retaken the lead and everyone's devastated. And then it shows Ted and he starts laughing. And they're like, why are you laughing? He's like, number 14 was offsides, which is a big moment. Because Ted had no idea what the offsides was about. I still don't. <laughs> and I've played plenty of FIFA for all for all of us. So The point of it is supposed to be, hey, the game's still tied, one. But two, hey, look how much Ted's grown. He actually knows the sport. He's yeah. not just there. And then the winning goal for Richmond to have their storybook ending, uh, as far as we know, is a callback to season one. Jamie does the decoy play that Nate suggested in practice for the very first time. That's the very first time Ted asked Nate for a suggestion mm-hmm. as their kit man. Uh, and Jamie, what I really enjoyed about this was Jamie acts out the decoy part the exact same way that Nate that Ted did. <laughs> hey, look at me! I'm over the hey, look at Pesa here, and he's waving his hands in the air. And I was like, ha, that's I mean, like it's exactly the same. It was. Which I'm sure uh, was on purpose. And uh, they find Sam, who scores the game-winning goal. And do you, do you have any other thoughts on the game itself? I don't think, I don't know if that's what mattered. Um, it was important to the story. Because mm-hmm. um, there was a lot riding on the game. I did enjoy the actual, like, uh, points that they showed live action game time that especially seeing Ted actually be able to identify like, Oh, he was offside. Um, and, um, I love the cut into, uh, May's pub mm-hmm. and, uh, how, uh, devoted the fans are. And I mean, there's a lot of things that are just going on in it that, individually like those moments eh, they're okay but Mm. collectively they build to something else that's bigger and is more complete than just those as individual pieces yeah it builds to this crescendo of them winning the game in the last seconds and if they win the game and have some good luck they can win the are they in the premier league yeah, they can win the Premier League title. Yeah, and so um, immediately goes off that celebration, which we should point out. There's a couple important things that happen in the celebration, uh, but beyond the genuine general revelry, some wrap ups to some stories. Colin gets his moment. He does of of public affection with his his guy, mm-hmm. which 
okay, I th- we're playing the super happy ending here, but I think the British tabloids. <laughs> so his secret would not be a secret anymore. Yeah, that kind of undermined what he had said to um, the team and to Isaac and to Trent that like, oh, I just want to be me and I want to have my soccer time and then I want, or my football time and then I want to have right. uh, my personal time. Right. And, and I suspect because when you do the super duper happy ending, you're going to do that. You're going inevitably going to do this. And I suspect you're going to have more thoughts when we get to the final, final scenes. Oh, I, I have all the thoughts. So, but final, yeah, final I'm totally scenes. with you. It doesn't make a lot of sense given what Colin has said, other than the one time he said he had this wish, which wasn't really a dream. He didn't speak it like he thought it was possible. Yeah. But we see it and like, okay, I went with it because we're like, oh, we're doing the super duper happy ending. Except we don't go full on super duper happy ending. <laughs> we get an epilogue. Basically, it goes right from this moment of revelry to the to an epilogue moment. It's all quiet. Ted's in the airport, and Rebecca's there. And again, we get kind of this deep moment without much said. There's a couple jokes. Rebecca bought a first class ticket just to see him off. I'll have it. And then um, they say thank you at the same time as both of them are getting teary. Which simultaneous gratitude, man. It's amazing what can happen when we let each other into our lives and 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 we can like really uh, develop like the whole theme of the episode. It goes back to that conversation with Roy, right? Can people change? Higgins says, well, yeah, if we let our friends in and we let mm. them speak to us freely, then yeah, we can change. And we're open to that. You got to be humble. Right. You got to be you got to be able to receive it. He says something along those lines. And we get basically Ted and Rebecca who are miles away from where they started. Yeah. And uh, they say thank you. And then there's just emotion. And uh, Hannah Waddingham, who plays Rebecca, was great in this scene, as was Jason Sudeikis. But Jason's always great. Give her the EGOT as well. I'm just giving all the awards. She was fantastic in this scene. Um as she's leaving, I'm wondering why we're following her out of the airport. And then the super duper happy ending intrudes again, where she sees a young girl fall down in front of her. And guess whose dad is her dad? Well, it's Rebecca's Dutchman who happens to be a pilot. Um, and also I don't, I could be way wrong, but the girl looks like the The younger her. yeah, Yeah. That she keeps envisioning, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was that. That seemed all very well, it's the super duper happy ending. But I that's, did, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but if that's where it would have stopped, I think I could have been okay. Yeah, I wasn't super over the top knocked out of the episode with that one. Uh, but we keep moving on. Uh we see Trent pick up his notes from Beard, who has Earmarked every page looks like <laughs> that is the coach beard. I know and love, Oh, uh, which is awesome. Then he picks up the one Ted has and Ted just simply says, I loved it. And then he says one small suggestion, change the title. It's not about me. It never was. And I'm, I'm going to let you talk, but I want to say this. I disagree completely. This is all about Ted. So, when we had first watched this episode, I told you, I'm like, this might have been the most frustrating moment of s- television history because. So I'll use Teresa of Calcutta, mm-hmm. AKA Mother Teresa. Yeah. Um, St. Teresa of Calcutta, because she's a saint now. Um, how many books did St. Teresa write about herself? I'm going to say none. None. How many books have been written about her? I'm going to guess a lot. Quite a few. Um, how many books will Ted Lasso write about himself? Uh, none. Because in his mind, it's not about him. It's very in character for him to say that. Yes. 
the people that are your glue, that are your foundation, that uh, are selfless, that are humble, that keep the family atmosphere going, they're the ones that need to be praised and have the light shined upon them every once in a while. And this one would have been a big one because Ted's not going to toot his own horn. Trent should have left it. Yeah. Ted Lasso. We we know Trent understands that. Because remember when he, you talked about it, he gets real excited when he realizes that we when he sees the pieces all coming together, what Ted has been doing, the little the little relationships moments that he's had. So we understand Ted or Trent knows that. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was weird that he did change the name, but presumably the book and story is still the same because here's the thing. I, I'm with you. I completely disagree. This is all about Ted. When we value others over ourselves, when we value what's best for everyone around us over our own personal achievements, when we value being a peacemaker instead of a culture warrior, we can change the people we do life with. So, like, he couldn't name it, like, AFC Richmond uh, Lessons Through Ted Lasso or uh, AFC Richmond A Ted Lasso Story. Like... Ted still need to be yeah. in the title. Absolutely. Ted, Ted makes it happen. He does. If Ted's not there, none of that happens. And Rebecca's still bitter about being divorced. Mm-hmm. And Roy's still bitter. Jamie's still a dink. You know, like er- every one of these people are unchanged. Ted was the catalyst. He was. Um, and they would not have gotten a giant avocado. Yeah. <laughs> What I love about the idea of what Ted actually did and what's disappointing about that little piece is we see the very end of the show. The show ends with Ted coaching his son's team where he starts with the very first piece of advice he gives his team, Richmond, back in the first episode. He says, be a goldfish after his son misses the goal or actually the kid says it, but it's clear that Ted has imparted that wisdom. And what we get to see is, Hey, he's starting this whole process over of what he just did for these people with his son, which is maybe our highest calling to do this for our children, to be this person for our children, to, to operate in that same power for our kids who can then operate in that same power for their kids and so on and so forth. So the beauty of that is kind of diminished from Trent not sticking with the, the lasso way. Yeah. Um, but then, and then we get all the uh, super happy ending stuff. Of which course. Do, you we, have some thoughts about we, that. We, we left out that Beard was on the plane. Beard fakes yeah. <laughs> appendicitis to get off the plane because he's in love. Yeah. But then, A hilarious scene. By uh, the yeah. I laughed. And I would have loved it if we would have just ended with him getting off the plane and Rebecca running into the Dutchman randomly. And then going straight to the soccer scene at yeah, the end and with, with Ted's kid. Just calling it Dunzo yeah. there. Would what, have been perfect. Okay, so what what problems do you have with the super happy ending here? Because you do these flash forward things where you have to live out like everyone else's story. And so you have... Oh, now Beard's getting married at Stonehenge. And now uh, (laughs) Roy is named the manager. Hold on. You can't just scream past the Stonehenge scene because it's so weird. What what is going on with Danny Rojas? He just has two two girlfriends for no apparent reason other than it was good for maybe a laugh, I suppose. Because he's Danny Rojas. Yeah, but we've seen nothing but Danny be respectable, respecting people. And like, that's just a weird flex. Maybe the ladies are respectful (laughs) of that. Yeah, that's fine. It it was just weird. I thought it was weird. Uh, That's the problem. But that whole scene was weird. That's the problem when you have to flush out and project what the future is going to look like for these people. So you get... Uh, well, Roy named the manager and then Roy and Nate are strategizing in beard. And it's like, okay, like 
you're you're kind of throwing off some like if you're going to do a spinoff. The the vignette pieces don't quite fit together. They it don't. was it was almost like you had different writers in the writer's room who came up with that scene, the beard wedding at Stonehenge, which is absurd in many different ways. Then the block party scene, which seems so wholesome uh, and, and normal, where Jamie, Danny has one girlfriend. <laughs> Presumably, Roy and Keely are all sitting together all nicely. Yeah, which again, that's the only closure we get for their story, and it was super weird. The Dutch guys there, yeah, um, yeah. I I'm like, okay, I feel like I have to freeze frame this to try and guess who's with who, ends up with who. Maybe I don't know. Clearly, that's not the point. It's not. But then, why include that scene? We understand that they're doing life together. Rebecca says they're my family. So. I'll go back to my uh, believe sign discussion because mm-hmm. I think I yeah. can make it work. This is a good place. Yeah. So the believe sign. Um, so within faith, there have been like many sacred relics that uh, bring about a sense of pride, a sense of urgency um, when um, there is um the Ark of the Covenant, they would take it out into battle with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And that would give the the warriors the strength and the knowledge that God is on our side and we're going to win. Um, and clearly the the players had the that reverence for the believe sign because when they found out the believe sign was torn, like it was like... They went murderous. They did. It was almost like the temple veil being torn where the Holy of Holies was. Um, But something magnificent happens. Uh, They basically create a mosaic uh, Mm. with the belief sign in which within our lives, there are many fragments, broken pieces, uh, even good times that by themselves uh, can be okay. It might look nice. But it looks better when you can step back and see the whole entirety of this is how I got to here today. Um, and I think having a faith life, um, which the the believe sign kind of lends itself to very easily, mm-hmm. um, yeah. is it's real easy to see that mosaic or tapestry uh being stitched together, how each moment builds off the previous moments and gives you endurance and the strength to go through and face the next hurdles, and next challenges, and to realize what's important, what's not important. And, um, like, so one of my favorite theologians, Paul Tillich, um, faith for him was, uh, of the utmost concern. And, Belief and faith kind of can be interchanged, not well, but can be. And um, so I definitely think that that plays well. And I have been using the the word uh, mortar for Ted. Mm-hmm. The vignettes that don't include Ted seem awkward and out of place, maybe because the mortar's not there Mm -hmm. that they are still family. They're still good, but there's a piece. There's something missing. Yeah. And when you don't have Ted, it's not quite the same. There's a story about how, uh, Tolkien and, uh, CS Lewis, they had a friend. His name was Charles and Charles died. And, uh, I think that it was Tolkien that said he misses Charles being alive because C.S. Lewis would laugh at Charles' jokes and he would never get to see C.S. Lewis laugh like that. And so even though Tolkien and Lewis are still friends at this point because they're both still alive, um, there's something missing. And so I think with the vignettes, the only way I can make sense of it, and I might be adding a whole bunch of meaning to it, is Ted's not there. And so 
it seems weird, seems out of place, but that's because there's something missing. Yeah, and and so the super happy ending doesn't really jive with the whole thrust of the episode. No. Which is how important they were for each other together, how they changed for the better together, almost all of them. And if the, is the version, is this not the super happy ending? Because the super happy ending would be Ted taking Rebecca's advice and convincing uh, Michelle to move to London to leave that stupid Dr. Jake behind and bring his son to England. Mm-hmm. And they all live there and exist there in what would be a fantastic life. Except for Michelle. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it's, he gets to go home to Kansas, which there's some there's tons of Wizard of Oz references. Oh yeah! In this episode, he says, um, "I know people like to say there's no place like home, but there's not many places like AFC Richmond either," which sort of is kind of a setup for Trent's uh, Trent's thing. Uh, when Ted is celebrating with his dance at the end of the game, he's he, doing the running man. Yeah, he's doing his thing, but he's wearing all red sneakers. Yeah, i.e. ruby slippers. He doesn't click them, but no, he doesn't. Uh, and when Ted and the weird guy in the airport who is in episode one mm-hmm. and on the plane take their ussy, the weird guy says wicked to which Ted replies back with another Broadway show kinky boots as Ted is like to do, uh, which the imagery of wicked is the idea of that story is, is it's a take on the wizard of Oz. Yes. Um, which. Ussies. I, the first time I heard the word Ussies was Parks and Rec. Mm. Cause I, I don't remember that. Tom, uh, after the benefit concert, he's like, can I take an Ussy with <laughs> uh, the, the female singer of that rock band? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the first time I had heard it. I didn't know if that was actually a thing. I yeah. mean, I've used it. And people have looked at me like, who are you? And why are you the way you are? Yeah, I don't know. Um, All of that is to say, we need to give this show two scores. One as a regular episode of Ted Lasso. The other as a series finale. Because I think those are two different metrics. Yeah. So um, is there any final thoughts you want to get out there before we do that? Um, I mean, there was so much and, oh, there was a callback to the series finale of Cheers in this. Was there really? So, uh, at the pub, May adjusts a picture and that happens to be the picture Sam adjusts right before he leaves. Same picture? Same picture. Wow. In which when you know that Jason Sudeikis' uncle was in Cheers. George Went. You then get uh, appreciation for that callback. His uncle was Norm. 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 That's good stuff. I, yeah. I miss that. Um, okay. How many mustaches out of 10 as a regular episode of Ted Lasso? Oh, it was going to be a nine if they would have stopped at <laughs> Ted yeah. At the soccer game. That would have been almost kismet, as the yeah. kids say. Uh, but since it kept going, it got docked a whole mustache and went down to an eight. Yeah, I'm going to give it like a six and a half. To me, as a regular episode of Ted Lasso, it took it. They, they had to set up all this closure that like really seemed like a slow start for me, even though it was funny. There's comedic someone stuff who sat through all four hours of the Snyder verse in one setting. Yeah, I can do a lot of build up. <laughs> um, as long as the payoff is worth it at the end. And I thought the payoff was until you got yeah. to the super good ending as a series finale, though, judging it in the metric of other series finale. How many mustaches? So it's not mash. No, it's not quite scrubs. But I'll go nine. Yeah, I'm going to go eight and a half. It's good. It's a good series finale. And this is clearly a series finale. And now I'm sad. I'm going to miss it. Um, I really honestly kind of hope that they don't do a direct spinoff. No, I hope not either. Like, I guess 
I would be okay with maybe a spinoff of the ladies AFC Richmond club that they hint at, at the one of the super good ending moments that we're going to start a ladies football club. I'd give it a fair shake, but for me, the fascination of this entire show is Ted Lasso. It is Jason Sudeikis's Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how successful that would be, but I'd give it a shot. Because if you did the ladies team, then you can have the guys occasionally make an appearance. They would not even be in the, at the forefront. Rebecca would still be there. And then you could have like Rebecca and Keely, but then occasionally you might run into one of the coaches or mm-hmm. one of the players. Uh, but you would have a whole new team, a whole new cast. Yeah. Um. Hey, that's it. That's the end of the show. And uh, that means watch alongs is over for now. We won't have a watch alongs next week. Um, but if you're not a part of the community group on Facebook, join the community group. Look up Pop Culture Pastor uh, in the group page. Find uh, the community group or follow us on Twitter where we can also post a poll because we'll be posting a poll soon after this episode drops on what to do our next watch along on. There's some choices out there. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing I'm hearing Secret Invasion. People want that. I'm hearing Justified Primeval. Uh, which, holy cannoli, that trailer looks intense. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it tonight. I sent it to you like a week ago. I know. I've been waiting for the right moment. I like to, I like to save up for a few trailers, and I can have just a trailer of Thawne. <laughs> I'm, I am who I am, Cody. Well, as long as you're making strides in the right <laughs> direction. Follow us on social media so you can be a part of where we go next for our next watch longs. Until next time. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you.